0: I'm Arlen Hamilton, and this is Your First Million. I'm a venture capitalist. I started my fund, backstage capital from the ground up while I was on food stamps. I have now invested in more than 100 companies led by women, people of color, and LGBT founders. After having raised more than $10 million, people often ask me how I did it. I created this podcast so I could tell you my story and so that together we could go on a journey and speak with some of the most successful people in the world from all backgrounds and walks of life to learn how they got their first million. And who knows, maybe I'll reach my first million in personal capital while I'm recording this series. There's only one way to find out. Let's go. Hey, hey, it's Arlen. Oh, who'd you think it was going to be? Probably Arlen. Hey, it's me. Good guess. We're back. I'm back. Wow. So, had a birthday. My 39th birthday was last week. And what a day it was. Um, You all gifted me many times over by pre-ordering my very first book called It's About Damn Time, which I'm so excited about. As you probably noticed online, (laughs) if you were paying attention, uh, you all gifted me by pre-ordering it in mass, and I I just appreciate that to no end. And if you want to learn more about what pre-ordering means for the book and for the movement and for the ripple effects of that, please listen to the previous episode aptly and cleverly titled, My Book! Exclamation point. That will give you all the information you'll ever need. I think I cry in the episode as well. I'm not ashamed of that, of course, but uh, if you ever have the urge to hear me cry, that's the episode to go to. Hey, everyone, back, back, back. And I'm back in the podcast room. If you want to hear more about the podcast room that I have at my house now, there's an episode for that too. I mean, will she ever end? No, the answer is no. There's an episode and it's, uh, I believe it's called... Something really vague like my podcast room exclamation point. So listen to that if you want to learn more about that. I am thrilled uh, with this next episode here, this current episode you're listening to. This is Jody Kovitz, a friend of mine who lives in Toronto and that's in Canada and Canada for uh, us, uh, we U.S. dwellers. She lives in Toronto. I was just in Toronto at an incredible event called Be Future and it was 1200 or so black folk in tech all descending upon one place from all over the country and and world in some cases and a lot were local to Toronto or surrounding areas and it was I can still visualize what it looked like when I walked onto the stage to speak and it was just tables upon tables upon tables of beautiful people staring back at me and uh, I'm very proud of of the city and of the ecosystem there and um Lee thank you for having me and and venture out thank you for having me as well it was cool so i was there for that reason i was speaking there a couple of times and I met with Jody Kovitz, who actually is the reason I was speaking there this time. She's the reason I came in officially the first time in my tech career to Toronto to speak at her event called Move the Dial. And through that ecosystem and through that exposure and through that follow up that she has, which is pretty golden and and exemplary, I was asked back. So, uh, we sat down. We only had, unfortunately, only had thirty minutes to to power through from the time we I opened the door to the time she had to leave. But I could talk to her forever, and maybe we'll have a part two. I keep saying that for all these episodes because it just feels like we're just getting started when when the uh, time is up. So we got to talk about a lot. We packed a lot into those few minutes, and uh, you'll get to learn more about Jody. I think the people who might get the most out of this initially, uh, that first. Kind of circle uh, of, of listeners would be those who are looking into starting events and starting organizations and starting movements. I think those are where Jody shines, and she'll talk to you about other types of data and, and things like that that they're working on, which is another phase of what they're doing. But to me, move the dial is about connection and and scaling that connection i mean what they've been able to do in just a very short amount of time just a matter of a couple of years is extraordinary and there are often people because i get to thankfully meet so many people who listen to this podcast i get that feedback from people i know what you're all are looking for what types of things you're starting you're starting or wanting to start or have started and one of those major things is hey i want to how do i start this event or i have this event or this um this conference or this gathering this meetup how do i take that to the next level and this interview with jody is a great place to start and certainly follow her and learn more about her to get more information there i also later that same day i grabbed chacho who is my apprentice at backstage capital He's also an associate at Backstage, and the person who does my makeup, who is Ashley Kusich, I grab them both, and I force them to record into the microphone, and I wanted them to just talk a little bit about me. (laughs) Basically, I just wanted them to tell us why they love me, why they adore me. Now, I wanted them to kind of represent the listener, because they both text me or DM me and they're like, oh, I love this episode or I listen to that episode or in Chacho's case I force him to listen to certain things and he does so very sweetly and uh, I know he's getting a ton of um, he's getting a ton from it and so he it's a great kind of case study to watch Chacho learn from from the podcast from the interviewees that we have. And so I just wanted to sit down with them and get a little chop it up a little bit and I just adore both of them and thought that they should get their their spotlight so that short interview if you want to call it that that's at the end of this episode so stick around for that it's cute we'll do more of it if you like it if you like it actually if you like that kind of thing where i'm just going to talk to someone and and have a little bit more of a conversation that's a little off the beaten path let me know i'll do more of them i also did something over the past few days that i highly recommend in some way people do i always talk about self self self-care and taking care of yourself and I know people have different means. I certainly have different means depending on what day of the week it is, but I went on a vacation, a very short mini vacation with my wife, Anna, and wow, we just looked out onto the ocean for 48 hours straight, basically. We just looked directly out into the ocean from our room, and then we went down to the beach and... Anna swam in the ocean. I did not. I didn't have the proper wear yet, but I have ordered it and I will be out there the next time. And just, I mean, from the moment we got there and we could start hearing the ocean waves, I was so relaxed. Anna looked over at me several times and she just started laughing and she was just like, I've never seen you in five years this relaxed before. (laughs) And it was immediate. It uh, It was something. It was immediate because I've I've been to the beach before. I love the beach. I love the ocean. I've been a dozen times, maybe, maybe more than that. Um, but I've never stayed there right at the beach for more than a couple of hours or for the day. It's always been you pick up and you go home. This time we stayed at the beach for two nights. And while it wasn't a week away or, you know, a big vacation, it was really just that hour and a half away from normal life during such a Such an overwhelming time when it comes to how many people I talk to on a daily basis and how many things I'm juggling, you know, 40, 50 separate things a day. It was so wonderful. I had all these plans, too. I was going to write a little bit, you know, inspired by the water, by the sea. I was going to work on some emails very casually at my own pace. I was going to do this and that. I got into that room and I started here in the ocean outside, and I promise you, I just lay down, and I just had a big smile on my face and just lay there just for... I don't know, what seemed like hours. And every once in a while, I'd lift a leg or something, say, hey, are we still here? Yeah, we should eat something. I mean, it was just wonderful. And it was so healing for the mind. And I, I want to figure out a way to keep doing that. Now, another way to do that is I'll sometimes just go into a room by myself and be silent like silence is free some t- most of the time. So I'll do that if I can't afford to go to a fancy hotel by the beach. But I will do whatever it takes basically to save my mental health and to heal myself. And I will I will do it unapologetically and I will do it with, uh, with a zest. All right. It's just a little something I wanted to share with you all. I am going to let us get right into this interview because Jody's the bomb and it's uh it's great stuff. So please do enjoy it. And as always, leave a review, say hi to me online, and say hi to Jody. Say hi to our guests. They love hearing from you. All right. See you soon. Hi, Jody. Hi, Arlen. I'm so happy to see you. Welcome to my um my wonderful view here of, wh- where are we?
1: This is Lake Ontario in Toronto, Ontario. Yeah, and this is your hometown? It is my yeah. hometown. Did you grow up here? I did. I was born in Calgary, okay. actually, which is across the country, west, but I, I've grown lived here since I was five.
0: Wow. Okay. And And you're kind of, you're the reason I know a lot of Toronto. Like you're the, I think you're the first one in the, in the venture world to bring me out here, uh, with your event, move the dial. And then it was, I think it was through your contacts that I'm here again and yes. I'm speaking again with, uh, which I'm excited about. I'm delighted so, to hear that. C- can you tell us, like, tell us a little bit about move the dial sure. just to
1: kind of level set that Absolutely. So Move the Dial is a global movement and organization that I founded in 2017 that works to advance the participation and leadership of all women-identified folks in tech. Yeah. So that's sort of like what our mission is. It's a big mission. We do that in a whole bunch of different ways. Of course, it's such a complex systems change issue. We think about research and creating actual substantive data to drive towards. We also think lots about how to build community that can come together around the value of we need to work together to actually make that change really happen fast. Uh, So we have a whole bunch of global events. We did uh, 50 this year. 50 global events.
0: 50 events. You did 50 global events.
1: Isn't that every week? Yeah, yeah, basically, sometimes twice a week. And what kind of scope and size <laughs> do they range from? That's a great question. So typically our events are um, about 100 to 200 people. We have a Move the Dial Stories platform, which is really about shining a light on awesome different kinds of tech leaders. So that's about 23 of those events. We have a number of smaller, highly curated events where we bring together communities in a very intentional way with a view to dial moving for all the folks at the table. And then we have an annual, very large scale event that's coming up in a few weeks in Toronto, which is our global summit. And you were our headliner last year, and it was delighting uh, for folks to to hear from you. So this year it'll be 2,500 people at that event.
0: Yeah, and it's here in Toronto. People come from all over. Yes, I noticed that last time, and it sounds like it's gonna it's gonna be double the size this time. So, where's the furthest people come to kind of see this?
1: That's a great question. This year, we have uh, folks coming from um, the Nordic countries. We also Mm -hmm. have someone coming from Japan who's an expert in DNI. Diversity and inclusion work from Japan to share global perspectives. Uh, We have lots of folks coming from all over the U.S. and and some countries in Europe.
0: And you also had, I mean, some some heads of state here and some some really heavy hitters here. So how did you go from okay, I'm going to write this idea down on a napkin, and what was the first step that you took? Someone, I mean, when I think about it, you you talked about data research is, seems to be a, a bulk of what you do. A piece, and then, yeah. A so piece of what big you do. Piece, yeah. And then events. So how do you turn that? I'm sure there are people listening who want to do something like that.
1: I would love to share the story. Yeah. And, and really, and then I'll, I'll end with telling you about the sort of platform, the technology platform that we're looking to build to, well, we're launching it in two months to sure. grow it at scale. But it really has, even how and why we're doing that came very much out of the learnings of the two year sort of process of building Move the Dial. So I started my career in tech actually. My first job out of university was as a marketing coordinator, which basically meant a person who does all the jobs that are asked of me Mm -hmm. um, at a startup. And I was very fortunate to work for a serial founder. And so he was on his second or third company, really global ambition. I learned a ton from him and I couldn't see myself reflected on the executive team, not consciously. It was actually quite subconscious. I left the tech company and all my pre-IPO equity, not thinking about you know, money at that time in my life because I met this awesome human that I could see myself in. So I went to work at a bank because I liked that role model. And I stayed there for a couple of years. Then I went to law school. I was a lawyer, fast forward 15 years, saw a whole bunch of exciting things going on in the tech industry and wanted to come back to it. So I became the CEO of a nonprofit. And even that moment really had to overcome a whole bunch of imposter syndrome with lots of, lots of mentors pushing me to take that opportunity I went to my first event. I looked around the room at 130 CEOs of software as a service businesses, and all of them were essentially 45-year-old white men. And there was very few women identified people in the room, and all of those were white, which at that time wasn't as um, clear to me as it would have been once I started moving it down and started doing the work. But
0: the, the gender disparity was clear clear, you, clear
1: as day. Clear as day. So that's what I call seed one. I then had the good fortune of going to Israel with a group of tech leaders from Toronto to learn about the ecosystem and what could we bring back to Toronto to implement. I only got on that trip because someone created the opportunity for me. I call it going out of your way. Like he literally moved the dial for me and said, you don't know this girl, Jody. like she's just new to tech, but she's awesome. You should take her. And had he not used his relationship capital to open that door for me, what we were talking about earlier together... My life would never be what it is today. And so I, that generosity of spirit was sort of the second piece of the idea because of the huge impact it had on my life. Then, when I got to Israel, I met these awesome founders, and they had started a fund. And similar to, I'm sure, at times what you the work you do, they were going to another city to share the work of the fund, bring in some new investors. They said they were going to New York. I said, stop in Toronto. I have some friends in Toronto. And, you know, we're growing tech scene and they said, why would you do that for us? You would actually like make an event for us. You don't even know us. And I said, well, I just want to move the dial for you. And that's literally how the idea was born. And then I sat with my napkin and voraciously made notes. Mm -hmm. What would this one little event look like? Who could I bring in? How would I do it? People laughed. Some people laughed at me. I'll never forget it. And some of the men in the room that I had said, "Could you help me with this?" Some of them were incredibly generous. Yes, I'll bring my friends. One was like, "When you write shorter emails, maybe I'll." Yeah, yeah. I almost stood down in Mm -hmm. that moment Mm -hmm.
0: because when the was that friend a a guy? Yeah. So when when they're saying that, that's like coded for you're a woman. You're talking too much. You're being too womanly. You know, like that's a coded thing. Yeah,
1: and it makes me think a lot. A word you use a lot around underestimated. Mm -hmm. It's like. He was underestimating what I could do yeah. through how my communication style yeah. was.
0: And I certainly uh, have been, I mean, I used to write these incredibly long emails. And so I tell people, I try to help them now and tell them to do shorter. But I think what your your case is more like um dial, not instead of move the dial, dial down who you are. And that was, yes. that's the insult that yes. we, the, the microaggressions. We talk about these microaggressions yes. that women receive, you know, uh, and certainly intersectional uh, microaggressions, but women are told to be quieter, be less yes, and um, dull the senses.
1: And I've actually, Arlen, never told this story, but for some reason in sharing the story with you, I feel I can share that authentic reflection. And I almost didn't, I was so questioning of myself that I almost just didn't build the movement in that moment. There were yeah. a couple other moments like yeah. that. So on we went, we did the event. It was going to be for 30. It was a thousand people that came, registered for it because someone put it on Twitter and then it got viral. And it was an amazing experience and feeling to see this little idea just come to life. And it was pre-Me Too, pre-Time's Up. It was a different state of consciousness. I mean, now there's tons of programming, there's your fund, there's accelerators that that you have and others have. Those programs did not exist as much at that time. What year was it? 2017. I sent out the invite December, 2016, but the energy was clear. So I wrote an op-ed in uh, Canada's national newspaper, The Globe and Mail saying, we have to build a movement. We need to move the dial. There doesn't seem that there's enough women in this industry and so that's where sort of the impetus for the first piece of research came from. Cause like, well, well there was no data. Mm-hmm. What is the actual data? How few women?
0: And corporations and investors love data, love data and they can understand it. They can pour through it. And if they don't, you're kind of catching them in
1: the lie of, I want to be, I want to be better. Well, here's the data to prove it. Yeah. yeah. That's a really astute point. And, and it, it sort of makes it less about emotion and more about the facts. So, um, a whole bunch of volunteers are what really started Move the Dial. We worked as a team of about 50 different volunteers, different humans put up their hands to lead different pieces of work. I'll never forget one of my mentors offering to host a breakfast, which we did. And sort of, it was very scrappy when we started and very much like, we need to think about STEM. We need to think about boards. We need to think about these different pillars of work. And we hustled and did about five different experiments or like little pilots Including the report, including our first stories event, including some skills building, you know, a whole media training and using your voice type of event. Five hundred people came. There was hunger in the market for this, and I gave a talk in September of that year at Elevate Tech Fest, which is a Toronto technology festival I was involved in helping to create, and it was the first time I ever had articulated why Move the Dial existed, and. I remember, you know, really starting to dig into my own passion for this. I have a daughter, she loves to code, and I really would love us not to be thinking about what her background or intersections or, you know, lived experience or sexual identity or gender is anymore when she is at the stage where she can build a company And that's definitely part of what drives me, but I got up to talk about it and I was like, if we don't fix this problem soon, all this bias is going to get coded into our AI. And then like, how do we ever fix the problem? Moral imperative? Yes. Like we're absolutely clear on the moral imperative in my mind at this point. We're absolutely clear that we make more products that are relevant to all the humans when all the humans are designing the products. But if we don't fix this fast, which requires action, which requires us each to go out of our way... This problem will not ever get fixed. And so that was really exciting for me and scary to get up on a big, that was the first time I ever got up on a big stage. It was a really scary, terrifying feeling. Uh, Almost didn't do it. Again, one of those moments of like self-doubt. I think I'm going to vomit in my mouth. Like, I don't think I can go on this Mm -hmm. stage and I pushed through it. And then there was an, uh, an amazing person who was watching me who was able to sort of enable me to start funding the work. Mm-hmm. And we went for a coffee after and he said, you got to do this as your thing. You're so passionate. And I said, but like, I'm a 41 year old single mother. I am absolutely financially independent. I can't take that risk. There's no chance. I can't do it. And he said, what if I could make it so that if you fail, it's okay for six months. And that's how I started, you know, taking that little idea and all how it was growing and the momentum and the, the passion that I was finding in me, um, that I have never found this work work. It's so much joy. And I mean, it's hard, but it's so much joy. And then, and then I put together sort of what I would call a first business plan around how could I build, um, a business model that would f- Give me enough funding to be able to hire a team. Well, to, let's let's stop yeah, for you a want second. To go back. Okay, so A couple couple things. One is is this a nonprofit or for-profit? This is a social enterprise. So it is not a registered nonprofit. Okay. Part of we started like as an S-corp? A, I mean, uh, not not S-corp, Yeah, like, um, yeah a B-corp? it's not registered as a B Corp yet, okay. but it is a a B, it is like like a B Corp. Like it has B-corp. a social purpose. This is in Canada, so there's probably yeah. a little bit slightly different than We're in Canada. And, yeah. and the reason why I structured it as a social enterprise is my vision is long term to build a very powerful foundation that will do a ton of work with youth, which is yeah. what my big vision is. And when you think about the pipeline and what we can do all over the world, but in order to be able to do that level of impact, I need to be able to build enough of an enterprise that it can sustain itself and, and make enough money in order to fund that work. So, yeah. and, and attract all the talent that, you know, that's how we decided to sure, it.
0: Sure. So, and then the, the other thing I caught really loud and clear was I talk a lot about being someone's first yes, and it sounds like this person became that for you and and the thing is like it doesn't have to be a benefactor that comes in and who is you know loaded and he can change it because people can make the excuse, well, I don't have that in my life, or I don't have yeah. that person in the audience necessarily yeah. Yeah. well, two things a. You might have that person in the audience if you speak your truth and you're authentic. I certainly have found my people in the audience by doing that both literally and figuratively. And B, for the person listening to be that person, to be that catalyst, it doesn't necessarily take a lot of money. And That's in fact, 100% right. so if you had at the same time where you were getting like, when you were getting these these laughing, these no's, all of that, yeah. people probably didn't realize you were getting that. That was happening behind closed yes. doors and yes. you were putting on a face, right? Yes. So if you had just had a kind word at that time or someone to say, yeah, you can do it. I don't, I don't have any money, but I know you can do it. These volunteers, et cetera, et cetera. That's really being someone's first yes and being a catalyst. A hundred
1: percent. And my first yes was those early volunteers. Actually, I mean, Jeff was a massive yes as well and an important part of the journey. And I acknowledge hundred percent my relative privilege and how lucky I am and how, you know, it's not all of my lived experience will be experience that people can relate to because I don't bring all the lived experience to the table. Well, but some some
0: of it is. Yeah, we, I mean, we had Amy Griffin on our second episode and Amy, you know, has a ton of money and there's a privilege she has that you don't have. Yes, and exactly. it all comes down. I mean, we're all made from the same stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I get the instinct to apologize for the privilege, but it really
1: is... You're, you're, like you said, a single mother in your forties, you're a woman, there are people who can relate. Thank you. And we all bring our own hardships and stories to the table, of course. And for me, the guy on the left said, your email is too long. The guy on the right said, you can do this. How can I help you? Right. And that was even that tiny little Belief in me, and then a whole bunch of people who were believing in me every step of the way, including amazing mentors. That in moments where I literally like could have been on the bathroom floor, like I can't do this, like I I don't have what it takes. I had different people who have believed in me and supported me that have like taken the pen out of my hand in different moments, but like, okay, step one, step two, step mm. three. So let's
0: talk about two things. One is you wanted to talk about the technology. The second might have to do with this, which yes. is how did you get to the first million now? We we've heard the origin story. Yes. How do you go from that and a relatively short amount of time? Do they tie in together?
1: Yeah. Why don't we start with the the second question and okay. then I'll end up with yeah, the last question. Sure. So what we determined is that we had to build a business plan that would enable us to build a community. And in order to do that, we had to come up with a value proposition for companies that wanted to partner with us because we had this brand that companies were excited to be part of, to help create. A lot of different companies have the challenge of recruiting all sorts of talent uh, in where this gap is and also engaging and retaining the talented people that they do find and improving sort of their employee brand in the space. So we created a product essentially that was a corporate partnership that would enable companies to work with us. That was sort of product one. Product two was the summit that we created for last year. And the vision was to create a best-in-class inclusion conference, not only focused on advancing women, because I think that's too narrow in today's world of this work, but really showcased best-in-class thinkers from around the world that were really able to inspire and galvanize the community. So those were our first two products. You know, we set a revenue target last year of, let's maybe we could do 700,000 of revenue in our first year of operations. And through sort of an incredible team focus, but also like relentless grit and combined with serendipity and good fortune that the companies were excited about working with us, we got to 1.7 last year. And so like that was... And for me, you know, personally, it was incredible to be able to scale the organization and, and hire the talent that we needed because of the demand mm-hmm. in order to execute mm-hmm. all the things that we wanted to do. But I certainly had a moment as a, from a perspective of being an entrepreneur who's never built a thing before, yeah. um, where I felt, you know, really proud of the work that we were yeah. doing. So that was last year. Then how did I do it? I created on a blank piece of paper with a very amazing friend who's a close advisor, who's a CFO at another company, my brother's company, Well actually said, I'm in to help you. If I can move the dial for move the dial by helping you create a business plan, that would be my joy. And, And I give her a ton of credit actually, because without her, I don't think I ever would have been able to figure out the business plan in a way that would have worked. And so I encourage folks when you're starting a thing, you know, I certainly have one or two things I'm really good at and lots of things I'm not good at. So it's really important to bring people around you that can help fill your gaps.
0: And they don't necessarily have to work for you. Right. They can be either consultants or they can be like, so short term consultants, or they can be friends who help yes. out or and advisors. vice versa.
1: That's right. So lean Lee, who is that person is still extremely involved in the end. You know, she's a, I consider her a partner. She has an equity in the organization because I value deeply her time and expertise and skill. And she and I created that business plan. And then I actually really credit one or two of my mentors who really helped me create that, where, where, who are going to be the first clients and write them on a piece of paper. I literally took a pen. I was like, these are the 10 prospects. Mm-hmm. And then I sent emails to all of them and went to meet with them. And sometimes it can seem super overwhelming, but we got to that first million by one step at a time, one email at a time. When I had another mentor who was like, you have to carry around your prospect list, like on a cue card. And I did.
0: I I know we have the limited time, so I I, want to, is there something you wanted to
1: touch on? Yeah. I wanted to share that one of the greatest insights we've had is the power of the one-to-one dial moving opportunities. And that it actually, from my perspective, it's that generosity of spirit that can most help entrepreneurs be successful one door at a time, metaphorically shining one light at a time. And so the insight that we've gained over two years has has enabled us to build what we think will actually move the dial long-term, which is a technology platform that is focused on an impactful mentoring program that does matching based on a variety of criteria that are going to enable the right match. So interests, values, lived experience, actual ability to help, and, and then a whole sort of guided program on how to do that at each stage where it's not like, Arlen, can we go for coffee? I mean, I've read a lot of your work around, that's not a useful... Good. Can I pick your brain? Can I pick I your brain? Coffee. Like, no. <laughs> I mean, by the time we get done picking my brain, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna right. to be have a right. lobotomy. Right. However, the difference is if I was like, Arlen, you've done this before. You've built a thing. You're way ahead of where I am. Can I ask you this very specific question? How do you get from 2 million to 10 million? Because I don't know how to do that. Would you meet with me four times? And if I have a very specific path and then... I do my homework and you don't, I don't get to talk to you again until I've done my homework and you can see the homework. That's a very different use of your time because there's mutual benefit in that exchange where you probably, I would guess, get great joy when you see an entrepreneur that you coach that actually listens to what you have to say, comes back with the homework done, and actually can be successful. Right. So that's the program we've built. We're launching it in February. We're starting out working with. Communities and and companies to help them with their talent, and then our hope is to ultimately be able to raise enough funding to take that to the community at large when we can scale it mm-hmm. to B to C. So that's we're super excited about it, but more less about uh, us and more about your listeners. Think about what you can do to go out of your way, like every time you have the opportunity, because those small acts can make big change. And my book is actually coming out in a month, which is called Go Out of Your Way. Okay, great. So, thank go you. out of your way. How One Small Act Can Move the Dial in Life and Business. Oh, that's great. Is it on a, a publisher? It will be on Amazon in a, oh, in, yeah, a, in, that's great. in a month. So I would encourage people to check well, it we'll out. Say, we'll order. say
0: it'll be on in Amazon soon. <laughs> exactly. We'll, we'll yes, say so that
1: soon. It's okay. Because it'll be we just on Amazon own... soon. <laughs> yeah. And we're super excited about it.
0: And if you're listening to this in 2020, it's already there. So yeah. check it out. And then, so how do people find you?
1: How do they kind of learn more about you? online. So if you go to movethedal.com, you can learn more about the organization, or if you Google me, lots of, lots of articles and exciting things, and certainly welcome to reach out to me on, on Twitter at Jody Kovitz, J-O-D-I-K-O-V-I-T-Z or Instagram Jody Lynn And, and just Arlen, thanks so much for having me. Your work is incredible and you are a huge inspiration for so much of what I've done. So I'm super grateful for everything that you do for the world and for me. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that.
0: Hey podcast listeners, I'm doing a little experiment as you may have seen online recently. I want to incentivize you to leave a comment on Apple Podcasts and also give you a little gift for doing so, for taking the time out. I want you to leave an authentic review for your first million on Apple Podcasts and when you do so, send me a message. You can DM me on Instagram, Arlen was here, A-R-L-A-N was here on Instagram. You can reach out to me by email or you can DM me on Twitter, same handle, Arlen was here. Let me know your t-shirt size, your mailing address, and your full name. And let me know that you filled out a review for your first million on Apple. Right now, it's for Apple only. And once you do that, we'll take your information down and we'll get a shirt out to you over the next few days. All right. Everybody, looking forward to seeing you in those shirts. What is your name and your occupation?
2: My name is Chacho Valdez. I am an investment apprentice and associate at Backstage Capital.
0: All right. And are you being held in this room against your will?
2: I guess it depends on how you define against my will. Wow.
0: Well, Chacho. Um, We'll leave it at that. I will say he is not. Um, I will talk to him about what that answer means later. Hey, Tacho, <laughs> I just Hello. have, um, I have my recording equipment here in the hotel in Toronto between conversations and speaking gigs and other inter- interviews. And I thought I'd say hi to you. Hi Arlen. Hey, so do you have the aspiration to make a million dollars? Yes. Yes. And how much More long? than a million. More than a million, but the first million you yes. have asked. And, and what is rich to you? Like what would be an amazing amount of money to have?
2: I've thought about that for a long time and I still don't have a good answer for myself. Mm -hmm. I think it's more than 10 million.
0: More than 10.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Um, Enough where I can basically do what I want with, and then my family can do what they want as Mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. My immediate family. Yeah.
0: I did a Twitter poll once and I asked what, what wealthy or rich was to people. And the majority, I think at least half said it was like in the one to $2 million. Mark. Yeah. I thought that was really interesting because some, there are some people walking around that we know who have a million, million dollars in assets. Um, and to some people that is an incredible amount of money. So it I is wonder, for me too. Yeah. For, for right. me too. It's, it's <laughs> a lot of money. And so this, do you listen to the podcast? I do. You do? Are you saying that just because we're in front of I've each other? Listened,
2: I'll have listened. i tell you how many episodes I've listened to. Yes. Do you want me to? Yes. You're my boss.
0: <laughs> yes, I, I do. And I help you
2: with the podcast. But this I've, is, I'm,
0: in no way are you being forced to say this? No. Oh, that was a hesitation. Go ahead, Chacho. <laughs> <to>, yes, <comment> how <laughs> many? I've
2: on. listened to, I want to say three or four episodes. Okay. Yeah. Do
0: you know which ones?
2: Um, The first one and... So
0: Dr. Pamela Jolly. Yes. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, Justin Kahn.
0: Yeah, it's a great one.
2: And... Who is was the other one? Maybe I've only listened to two.
0: Okay. Um, hey, Ashley, pull up a chair. Ashley's here with us too. What side? Uh, on Chacho's side. We're sharing. We're going to share mics here. Did that for the first time today. Okay. So w- w- the other two you don't remember? You said or you said the other Justin? one I don't remember. Then what? It must have sucked then, huh?
2: No. It, either that or I've only listened to two.
0: So you lied before. This is a lie detector. This is not a microphone. This this is not a zoom. I said
2: three, I think.
0: What about the Spotify girl? But you got to be here. Oh, I
2: did. Sophia Benz. Mm
0: -hmm. Oh, the Spotify girl. Yes, I did. I tweeted about it. As in uh, multimillionaire and. um, I'm sorry, Sophia. I'm sorry too, Sophia. And award-winning angel investor in Norway, Sophia Benz. And lovely
3: little spirit.
0: Yeah, she is a lovely spirit. Yes. So, um, okay, Ashley. Arlen.
3: Hey, have you listened to the podcast? I have. I think what is, I've one-upped you. What is your name and occupation first so that we can start from there? Name is Ashley Kusich. Mm-hmm. Occupation is makeup artist, hairstylist. I have an amazing client named Arlen Hamilton. Oh, I heard about her. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes we call her Lady Hamilton. Yeah. <laughs> When we're being fancy. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and some others, right? Some others. Yeah. Can you talk about who they are? Yeah. If, yeah, go ahead. We have the Tone It Up Girls with Katrina Scott and Karina Dawn mm-hmm. and Poppy, mm-hmm. which you love a little, Poppy. Yeah, Poppy. She's
0: a musician and a, uh, an artist and kind of kind of throwback to early Gaga, but even a little like less mainstream. Yeah. It's very interesting. Uh, it's a rabbit hole. If you ever want to go down a rabbit hole, look up Poppy. On YouTube, and I'll just leave it at that, like, for real, for real. Okay, so what episodes have you listened to off the top of your
3: head, and how many would you say? More than Young Chacho here? I think more than Young Chacho, but only by one or two, because I have not downloaded before I've gotten on planes. And yeah, that's, that's, the, I, that's the
0: secret. I do that every time I'm taxiing. I download a few episodes of something I want to listen to. I've been listening to. I've been listening to that Office podcast, right? You know oh. the Office podcast, Chacho? The
2: Office Ladies podcast. Yeah. Yes,
0: I know it's. Got into that yet. The Office Ladies podcast. That's fantastic. Chacho, so you've listened to the first episode so far, right? Yeah, we listened I've listened, to, listened it yesterday. to both,
2: thank you. Well all the way through. I'm still a bigger office fan.
0: That's absolutely true. You so listen to that podcast that they do. I'm in. It's Jenna Fisher and Angela Kinsley. And I know this sounds like an ad, but it's not. Uh and uh it's this funny. They listen to they look at every episode and start talking about every episode and give you the tidbits from the behind the scenes. It's really lovely. But let me tell you what I think.
3: Well, first let me ask you which episodes have you seen of your, your first million? Gonna... So I've seen the ones that Chacho has seen and then also um what was the woman's name that was the sports um Olympian?
2: Amy Griffin. Her yeah, yeah in New York. The second we were...
0: the second episode, Amy Griffin. Yeah. I just talked to her today actually. She is amazing. Amazing. Oh, I
2: listened to that one too. Did you? Oh, yeah, you listened I'm to so Amy sorry. Griffin? Okay, great. I I'm so He's back in the I'm game. really bad with names. So yeah. um which is unfortunate trait to have, but...
3: But I'm good with I faces. Do.
2: Yeah. I yeah. will
3: never forget your face. Right. Well, this is audio, so... It doesn't help <laughs> for people to see the emphasis, but I'm trying. <laughs> She's pointing
0: right. and saying yes. she won't see this as she- faces do. Okay, so let me tell you what podcast other than your first million that the two of you have listened to. I think you've listened to a fair amount. That's a, that's a solid hour of your time when you listen to one. Yeah. So I'll give you that. And you're busy people. I get it. I would suggest, let me see for Ashley, I would suggest you listen to Mel Robbins. Yeah. You'll like that one.
3: You know, I actually, it was so funny because I didn't link this together, but with Mel Robbins, I actually had heard her, um, one of her speeches, like, Five years ago or something, yeah. and I rocket ship myself out of bed. Whoa, I do a countdown. You do a yeah. five, four, three, two, five, four, one. Wow. three two, one. I do one. Okay, you'll, you'll like this one. Because when is, you get up, sometimes this at 3.30 cool. in the morning, you got a countdown.
0: <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, that's awesome. So listen to that. Chacho, Delane Parnell. Have you listened to that one? Delaine, I four, did listen to that one too. Okay, okay. Yeah, so I, I, I went up there. Yeah,
2: I'm sorry. I just, I, Chacho, I l- listen to a lot of podcasts mm-hmm. and Treacher listens
0: at four X. That's why, that's why he doesn't know <laughs> yeah. the names. he's, right. <laughs> he's
3: like it's no. just embedded in my yeah. mind.
2: Right, it's, I mean, I, sometimes when you're put on your spot, it's like, oh wait, yeah, it's hard. Let me look at my like that's right. history on breaker quick to yeah. see. <laughs> yeah. Well,
0: so let me tell you, uh, and, and listeners as well, like I've had such a good time listening to this podcast. It's called Dolly Parton's America. Mm. It just started. Yeah, Ashley, you're going to love this. I'm in. Yeah. So here's the thing. So I saw the the picture of it, you know, browsing. And about three weeks ago, I saw it. I was like, oh, what is that? And I click on it. And it has like, at the time, like a three three out of five star rating and I'm like why well, no it must just be some something some somebody threw online or something and it's just not good but then I saw it had like all of these ratings and I started looking at the comments and it said where is it it's is not here yet it, you said it was going to be here and that's why they were rating it solo so I listened to the trailer it's about her life I'm like oh I love Dolly Parton which is the point because everybody does I'll listen to it I listen it comes out the pilot comes out like a week and a half two weeks ago I listen to it on a plane because I'm always on a plane. It is one of the best pieces of art, audible art that I've ever heard. It's so freaking good. You listen to the first 10 minutes. You're not really sure what's going on yet, but they just did this really great deep dive. You learn more about Patty, Patty. I was not thinking about <laughs> Patty Griffin. You learn more about Dolly Parton than you ever did, and it is edge of your seat stuff and then they had the second episode recently that I listened to which was fantastic which is about all about the song I will always love you which she of course wrote and uh, was a number one hit in three decades three different decades three different people so it's it's not just like that behind the scenes kind of what it it's like to to become Dolly which is a great concept it is a really interesting um philosophical Dive into why people like her Mm -hmm. and what really was going on back in the day, and it was just it's just wonderful. I will also shout out Making Oprah, which is on the Making Obama series, but it's fantastic. Did you? I I listened to. I asked to listen to you listen to it.
2: Yeah, the three episodes. Yeah, yeah,
0: it's great. I it's really exciting. So those are just my suggestions. If you're listening and you you need uh, something to binge on on a long flight, Dolly Parton's America, The Office Lady, and Making. Oprah, which is on the Making Obama podcast series, and then of course there are several episodes of Your First Million there. If you don't listen, um Cha and Ashley are going to put you in some sort of a chokehold. Is that what we've? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so can't see that. Once again, Ashley, this is audio. You don't even so know what's can't happening see to you. <laughs> that Ashley is making cat claws. Cat claws. <laughs> I will but, attack you, <laughs> but she will. I've seen her. I've seen her go off on people. So I, I'm quite frightened of her. All um, but deadly. But I wanted to say, any how do people find you all? Where what are you? What's your Instagram and your and your Twitter and your
1: address, How's your how home address? You? What's
0: your home so address?
2: So you can find me on Twitter at Chacho Valadez, C-H-A-C-H-O-V as in Victor, A-L-A-D-E-Z.
3: And Ashley, how do we find you? You can find me on Instagram at Ashley, A-S-H-L-E-Y-C-K-U-C-I-C-H. How do you pronounce that? Kusich. Ashley Kusich on Instagram. I oftentimes
0: post about both of y'all so look for mine if you can't find that arlen was here thank y'all thank
2: love you.
3: yeah yeah bye 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 i lost my voice bye catch on the flippity flip yeah we got some planes to catch let's go
0: hey it's arlen thanks for listening to this episode so i would love to keep up with you online you can find me at arlen was here on instagram and on twitter That's A-R-L-A-N, was here. I cannot wait to continue this conversation with you. You can also pre-order my first book. It's called It's About Damn Time. You can pre-order it at your local indie bookstore. Please do that. Feel free. And online where books are sold, where where, where great books are sold. If you want to go to a specific link, you can go to prh.com slash it's About Damn Time, all together, no no spaces, no slashes, nothing. So, PRH.com dot slash It's About Damn Time, and it'll give you a list of places you can pre-order the book, and pre-ordering is huge. The more pre-orders the bookstores see, the more copies they will order, and potentially more copies that will get sold and exposed and seen. If you're thinking about getting the book, but you're gonna wait until after it comes out, I encourage you to pre-order it. May 5th, 2020 is the actual date. So you have plenty of time to grab it, but try to do it between now and then. If you are interested in advertising on your first million, go to yfmpodcast.com and click on contact. You can have yours truly read your ad, which is, I know, lovely. uh, Or you can send me your own ad. All right. Thanks so much for listening. I'll see you next time.